Hi, welcome to Crowd Chocolate TV. Today we're going to talk about wet beans. And wait, who are you? You got to introduce yourself. What if this is the first episode someone saw? I mean, they're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> what is that ready? resetting? Oh, I thought I kind of liked what we were doing before. Anyway, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Hi, my name is Dylan. My name is Greg. And this is Craft Chocolate TV, and today we are going to talk about white seeds in Cocoa Pods. These are, this does not have white seeds. That does, though. Maybe we can... No, it doesn't. Probably not. No, it doesn't. But this hey, we're, does. we're going to talk about white seeds, though. Yeah. And so this dragon egg-looking thing... Mm, Football-looking thing. My pod's bigger than yours. It, by a lot. Mm. And this probably has... 100% white seeds. Yeah, probably. But may have some purple around yeah, some of them, which true. is pretty interesting. Why is that? I don't... Are you going <laughs> to say, I don't know? And that was the episode. Actually, wow, that was a really good one. No super detailed, but right. I can give a, a pretty good yeah. shot at it. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's give us our stab at, at Coco Genetics, which we're not really experts on. No, but we're going to try. Yep. So... My understanding of the way that cacao is pollinated mm. is there is usually a midge, but can be ants yeah, yeah, as true. pollinators. There's a, a tiny little flower. Tiny little flower and a tiny little fly yep. that goes from tree to tree and flower to flower. And as it pollinates, it Do I, I has, sound effects. I want to say, around 50 ovaries in the flower. Which can then... It's got to be more than that, because you can technically get more than 50 seeds, seeds in a pod. Okay. Right? It, a, a pod has somewhere between, let's say, 40 to 60 yeah, seeds. Yeah, but but if, but if there's... That's what I'm saying. Is it, If you can get up to 60, then you have to have more ovaries than there are potential seeds. Oh, good point. Right? So let's say it's like 75. We got into details there. Carson's going to cut that out. Anyway. Maybe, maybe um, it doesn't yeah, really matter. So, so it has, like, like said, let's we're, say... We're like, speculating on yeah, this Yeah, we're one. speculating. So, but, like, let's call it 100-ish. All right, and so this little midge impregnates this ovary mm -hmm. with either um, a flower from the same tree if it's self-compatible, yeah. or from a neighbor tree, and that becomes the parents of that seed. Of that specific seed. Just that one seed. Exactly. Then another midge oh, can go to another tree next door yep. and fly to the, the same flower. Right. And that ovary can become a white seed or a purple seed, depending yeah. on what's next right. door. However, in this case, yep. everything around it was pretty much the same genetic makeup. And just to be clear, we're actually at Zorzal in the Dominican Republic on a reserve where there's a grove of trees that can make where white seeded beans. These came and from... These this is ML twenty. All of like I don't know, fifty meters away, a hundred meters away. Yeah, but like over a hill. But over a hill. Exactly. Which prevents the midge from crossing over too yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like it's like me. Like I'd rather not cross over the hill if I don't have to. <laughs> but like, if I really like, if I felt energetic that day, what midges are the same? It was a steep hill. It was a steep hill. Like a midge might be like, oh, today I'm just uh, pulling in around here. Yeah. Sometimes versus like, oh, what's over that hill? They they go with the wind a lot more. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you can you can you can actually put like put up like breaks, and if there's hills, and you use the sort of natural environment to create groves where there's where there's pollination only within a, a set of trees, rather than getting cross pollination from a lot of other trees. Now, what's interesting is some people want cross pollination yeah. 
from a bunch of different trees. Like, um, because sometimes that can give you actually more cocoa. You can get more pods that way by having a row of one tree and a row of another tree and a row of another tree. And then that cross pollination, uh, can, can end up sort of giving you more pods. And so some people want lots of trees pollinating each other. And some people want only trees pollinating similar trees. So one of the first origin trips I did was right after I graduated from college. It was like 2011. Yep. I went to Peru and I ended up, uh, it was mostly a surf trip and I ended up in a little town near Piura mm-hmm. called Morpon in Buenos Aires. Oh yeah, Morpon. And in this town, everyone kept bragging about the fact that their pods were like 60% white seeds, yeah. 50% yeah. Yeah. white seeds and 70% white seeds. And what was happening there is exactly what we just talked about. Is yeah. midges going to different trees. Some had purple seeds. Some had violet seeds. Some right. had white seeds. Right. And you're getting this genetic makeup. Well, let's, but let's talk a little bit about, as you said, so, th- so there's, there's pollination of ovaries that create the seeds. Now, one of the things that I think I find really fascinating is that, like, if you look at a cocoa tree, all the pods on the cocoa tree, okay, if you look at a cocoa tree unless the cocoa tree has two different genetics grafted onto one tree, which is very rare, but kind of happens sometimes. Normally on a tree, all the pods, barring ripeness, will look the same. Mm -hmm. Same shape, same color, because the pod is genetically identical to the tree that it grows on. Let's call it the mother? Yeah, the mother. The pulp inside, genetically genetically identical to the mother, and even the seed coat around the seed itself, genetically identical to the mother. But the seed itself is a cross of the mother and whatever pollinated it. And, and even if it's the same tree, so even if you have two grains of pollen from the same tree coming over to this flower, you're not going to get identical seeds. You're going to get two different trees just in the same way if two parents have two different kids. Th- those kids aren't clones of each other. Those kids are, are, are each a mix of the mother and dad. Right. And I think it's really... Which is why you can take something from this pod and plant it out. And And it will not be this. It it can be yellow. It can be sunrise orange. Yep. And and, um, so so when you go to farms that have nothing but but trees grown from seeds but not um, grafted... It's this is this wild diversity, and it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting to be on. I think it's both are interesting, but it's interesting to be on farms where like every tree looks different and unique, and it's just this sort of like one of the things. Really pretty. It's very pretty, and one of the things that some of the people on this with us on this trip in the Dominican Republic who saw cocoa for the first time said is like, cocoa trees are wild. Like they kind of grow how they want to grow in like you know sure. like they'll, crazy direction. So much taller than people realize. Well, but it's like I think one of the things that I love about cocoa is it's it's a very uh it's a, it's a it's a very strong willed tree, right? It grows where it wants to grow. It's like you can like you know you can take one bean and they'll like the child's gonna be totally different than the parent. I think that's a I think that's an interesting aspect about cocoa, but also an interesting aspect is a chocolate maker yeah. because it means the beans we're getting are all genetically diverse. Yeah, I, I found it interesting walking through a lot of the orchards here and back home in Hawaii, everything is kept much lower. Oh, yeah. Easy yeah, yeah, to yeah. harvest. That's true. We end up with higher yields. Right. Uh, but, here, but it's a lot more work to do that, too. Definitely is. Yeah. Here, the trees are 30 feet high and they've got 20-foot sticks with hooks on them in order to harvest. Yep. And the I, I want to say the yields are an average of around 500 um, kilos per hectare, which is about almost two and a half acres. It, 
Yeah, I mean, some of the farms here have better, but like, yeah, it's the average is probably around there. Average in Hawaii has got to be thousand per hectare, fifteen hundred per hectare, <sighs> something like fifteen hundred at least. Yeah. I want to say. I mean, we're expecting almost a ton, around a ton yeah. per acre. Well, and but part of this is because land is super expensive in Hawaii. So if yeah. you have land and you have cocoa, you put the effort in to make those trees hyper productive. Places where land isn't quite so scarce or quite so expensive, a lot of times people won't put the same effort into pruning the trees because you don't have to, like, squeeze as oh, much yeah. cocoa and, as possible. And it really is a lot of work to keep the trees pruned. Oh, yeah, totally. It's it's hard work. I, and it's another one of the things that I think is, like, I, I mean, I clearly think everyone should spend time on cocoa farms. Um <laughs> super biased yeah i'm in, very i mean in a great way heavily biased but but like part of the reason i think that is like every single activity on a cocoa farm takes a ton of work yeah pruning takes a ton of work now white that beans. being said about very high trees <laughs> yeah criollo mm. or white seeded well which are not exactly not, the same not thing. not okay. putting them together porcelana criollo whatever uh they tend to be Smaller trees, yeah, smaller true. pods, thinner pod walls, and smaller seeds. Yeah, and slightly sicklier trees often. Uh, more disease prone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and this is why we were talking about this today of like, so, okay, so white beans are, uh, um, white seeds have come from recessive traits expressing themselves. Uh, and then you have two trait trees that have these recessive traits coming together, making some white seeds. Um, why, why does everyone want them? Why does everyone think white seeds are like the be-all and the end-all of the greatest cocoa in the so world? So this is my theory, yeah. is indigenous peoples were far more interested in what we call criollo or white-seeded cacao because there is not as much um, off flavors in them Yeah. if you were to not ferment them properly. I'm totally with you, 100%. I think if you're not... It, was, if, it wasn't as bitter, it wasn't yeah. as astringent, right. and... That was way more appealing if you didn't have a cascading fermentation box system where you're monitoring temperature. Couldn't agree and, more. And going from anaerobic to aerobic, and it's a lot of work to do that. However, I, less flavor. Yeah, and, and and like the flavor that I tend to get from from white seeds is it's you get more florals often. It's a little more astringent, but you're not going to get a punch you in the face flavor out of white seeds in general. I'm not saying it's impossible, but like most of the white seeds you get. You have to roast pretty delicately because the flavors just aren't as like as intense, which I, I agree. Like if you're not going to ferment very well, well that's so, probably a good so thing. Even if you're fermenting the white seed, it tends to need only three days. Yeah, that's four true. Days. Yeah, yeah. Most people are doing like three or four days fermenting white. It's true, right? Um, so they're they're just way more delicate all around. But this is going back to uh, when I was in Morropon in, in northern Peru. What I was thinking even back then is, okay, you have all these white seeds that need one type of ferment and all these yeah. purple seeds that kind of want another ferment. Right. Is this, like, what? what is this doing? Like, you can't yeah. actually isolate and do the best job for each one. Now, maybe it blends well, together and creates something amazing, which, honestly, it does. It does, yeah. Peru has some excellent quality. And, and specifically, cocoa from Motopon has been some of the best I've tasted. I, like, I love cocoa from there. Yeah, um, but I, I just thought it was so interesting that everyone wanted these white seeds, yeah. and all I'd experienced is they tended to be more bland. Yeah, and uh, I liked the other cacaos right. more. Right. I think the other thing that we also talked about today is they're rarer. Right, as you yeah, said, sure. the trees aren't as hardy. 
It's, you know, they're they, like, if you get pollinated by, by something that is not, that, that can't necessarily be a white bean, then like, you know, the bean's not going to be white because it's, again, it's a recessive trait. Well, and the and fact so, that there's so much history behind yeah, the yo-yo yeah, bean, the yeah. like cultivated cacao right. from thousands of years ago that spread right. from right. the upper Amazon basin all the way up into Mexico. Yeah. There, there's some mystique. And magic True. behind that. Now, now I want to talk about Criollo, the word Criollo a little yes, bit. Yes, perfect just, timing. I was just, saying the same thing. Just because here's the Very thing. Very misleading. Super misleading. Yep. Here's the thing about Criollo. Uh, it both is a, is a genetic category of cocoa, but it also is, in Spanish, is Creole or local. And so... Native. Yeah, yeah. native. Um, My Spanish again is terrible. and so It's getting better. Well, thanks. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Your but, translation was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I can translate we'll, into we'll Greg. We'll work on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but so the challenge is when you have something that both is a word that means something, but is also a category of cocoa, what often happens is chocolate makers will ask somebody, is this Criollo? And if the answer is yes, you, you have to ask like, well, what, what do you mean by Criollo? If they're speaking Spanish. You, what do you mean by Criollo? Because a lot of times people say, yes, this is a Criollo. And what they mean is, this has been around here for a long time. Which is not yeah. not a bad thing, but it, but some makers then will, or cocoa buyers, will then perceive that to be like, oh, you're saying this is a Criollo. You mean this is the genetic category of Criollo. And sometimes that's what they mean. But it's just important to clarify. Otherwise, people are going to misinterpret what's being said. Right. So now maybe can you explain what porcelana is? Uh, ooh, yeah. So porcelana is, this is another white seeded right. cacao. So, um, uh, without getting too far into it, um, for a long time, people talked about three categories of cocoa, Forestero, Trinitario, and Criollo. Um, and, and, and the, the general wisdom was Forestero was the bulk stuff. Yeah. And, and the like, not good, yeah. tasted bad, yeah. yuck. Right. Yeah. That to yeah the exactly. Market. Yeah. And Trinitario was the like somewhere in the middle stuff, and Criollo was the good stuff. This is like I, I know I'm totally overgeneralizing here. No, but that's, but that's generally how people what, thought. Right. We just talking to somebody who went to who went to uh, um, culinary school, and they said like that's literally what they told. Like you, what you're looking for is Criollo. You know, Trinitario is like okay, but yeah, you want to stay away no from. There is no other fine flavor except for Criollo. Yeah. that's kind of what we all right. were told in 2010. Totally. When we were learning, so, only to find out that that really wasn't the case at all. Not at all. But anyway, go. No, no, on. no. That's exactly. There was a paper done by Motomayor, um, who works for Mars, with uh, the USDA and a number of other researchers. They basically went and they they actually figured out genetic markers for the original varieties of cocoa. Now, when you say the original varieties of cocoa, are there trees left that are strictly those original varieties? A couple, but not many. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly, if somebody says this is X variety, what they mean is it's got a lot of that variety in it, and then it's got some other stuff mixed in, too. Um, but, uh, But basically what they said is there's actually 10 categories. So Trinitario is specifically a mix of a melanotto, and a melanotto is one of those... Uh, so these 10 categories, there was Criollo. So again, it's a genetic category, Criollo, and then nine others. And those nine others included Nacional, Melonado, Upper Amazon, Forestero, uh, um, Iquitos, uh, um, Parazino, right? And so it, it basically was, they were named based on where they came from. 
Um, and they each have sort of, they had different genetic traits. So what was used to be called Forastera was actually broken into its actual components, mm -hmm. which are all very diverse, taste very different, can be fermented differently. And, you know, like which lumping them all together is like... We're now seeing 10 instead of 3, and very right. soon there'll be 20, and totally. after that, who right. knows? Lumping them together is kind of like every time somebody refers to Africa as a country. Like, Africa is a continent full of many diverse countries, <laughs> and then people just lump it all together. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, so, so Forestero is nine different, has nine different components to it. Um, or, or it was broken up into these nine different components. Um, Trinitario is specifically a mix of Criollo and Melanado that was done in Trinidad. Is this tying into Porcelana? Well, I'm, I'm getting to okay. Porcelana. Just, so yeah. Porcelana is, por Porcelana is, is a specific, is, is a specific type of cocoa from Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah, so. Venezuela. That's, I was like, oh my God, I, it's Venezuela, right? Um, from Venezuela that has white seeds, has a specific look to it. I, if I recall correctly, it's porcelana is not the, one of those nine. Porcelana is still a combination. It's because the outer pod looks like porcelain. Yeah, yeah that's why they call it porcelana. But like porcelana itself was not a specific variety. No. It, I just know that it's a white seed, right. but isn't necessarily in the Criollo category. Well, or is, am I thinking Katongo? You're which thinking is more Katongo. A melanado. So, so Katongo, Katongo are white are white seeds uh, in Brazil that are that again are like a, a mutation. Right. Um, that people say, well, those aren't really criollo, but they are white seeds. And this is where you get into complexities of white seed versus criollo. But yeah, porcelana is actually the name of a specific uh, cultivar. Okay. So like, so, so the reason I would say variety versus cultivar, and again, like, I know there's going to be people who are going to, who, who actually know a lot more about this than I do, who yeah. please comment on this. And we'll, we'll um, talk to them later. Yeah, exactly. Um, they'll be ma mad at me, but yeah, it's fine. Um, but, uh, don't worry. They're mad at me all the time. <laughs> um, but, but cultivar, cultivar means a tr is specifically like a tree that you'll replicate. So you could call it a clone. Um, but cultivar is sort of like a, a tree that you're going to be replicating. A variety is, is a sort of um, a, a grouping of similar traits that um, that you can sort of identify the genetics about. Mm -hmm. And so you would say that like a melanado is a variety, but like there's not a lot of pure melanado trees out there. So you wouldn't really call a melanado a cultivar because a cultivar would mean you'd like have a tree that you could then replicate of that. So anyway, porcelana is a cultivar that does have white beans that is largely criollo. But it is is a, again a, a combination. It's still a mix. It's it's it has different varieties in it. And have you um, tasted the chocolate made, made with from porcelain. a variety of these white seeded cacaos? Yeah. Um. You know the funny thing is, like, and I would say this about any other type of some of it's great, some of it's terrible. Yeah. Depends on how it's fermented. Depends on how it's made. And it's so funny because like, yep, that's I, exactly what I find too. Right. It's like, you could say like, it'll make great chocolate. And the answer is it could make great chocolate. Almost anything could make great chocolate. It depends on what you do with it. Yeah. You know, um, I usually find that it's more on the bland side. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do too. I do too. Um, and it and, it's, to and be, astringent. Like it can be. Yeah, it can be. And I usually uh, find that it's nutty. Yeah, no, that's true. You definitely get nutty flavors out of it. And that's part of the thing. I really like about like uh, a lot of the Peruvian cocoa you get has like a percentage of white beans in it. Yeah. And the thing that's nice about a percentage of white beans is you get that like nuttiness and you get so like some of those interesting flavors, but you also can get some of the other flavors into it. And so for me, that blend 
is, is actually really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we have one bar. It comes from the Big Island, the region of Kona, mm-hmm. and it's called Keala Kekua. Mm-hmm. And the Big Island planted on this area a yeah. lot of Criollo white seeded cacaos. Right. Yeah. And that spread everywhere. And so this one area that we're, we're buying probably right. a couple tons a year mm-hmm. from, um, it, it's at least half, if not more, white seeds. Wow, that's cool. And pretty consistently, it's just this really nutty, creamy chocolate. Cool. Sounds great. And everybody loves it. Yeah. It's one of these universally, like, how do you not like that? Yeah. Uh, but it's missing to me uh, ever having super complex flavors in it. Um, um, one of the other things I really like about white beans as an aside, as a chocolate maker is the bars are lighter in color. I know this is like oh, a it, dumb thing it to say, looks like milk but chocolate. like it looks like milk chocolate. I always think that's kind of fun to make like a bar oh, yeah. out of like primarily white beans and you look at it and it like the color is so different than um, bars made out of like primarily I've, purple seeds. I've walked by our dark chocolate ball mill and looked in and be like, oh no, yeah. someone added milk powder. Oh, who did that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only to yeah. then look at the paint and be like, oh, okay. Whew. Yeah. But, but that's another funny thing that if you see somebody says, this bar is all white seeds. Look at the color. If the color is not very light, it was not mostly white seeds. Yeah. Yeah, chocolate is surprisingly different colors. Yeah. Um, almost every origin, if yeah. you put them next to each other. Costa Esmeraldas, Costa Esmeraldas has this like, is like a very deep color. Yep. Like you can, everyone knows when we're working with Costa Esmeraldas from Ecuador. Everyone knows when we're working with it because it's got this like super dark brown, like deep, deep color to it. Yeah. Um, Our Mililani is kind of red. Tanzania is kind oh, yeah, of a yeah. different color. Madagascar is kind of red. Yeah, yeah, the Madagascar we work with is kind of, like has a reddish hue. Which is hue. interesting because Mililani is super fruity. And mm, Madagascar super is probably the most similar fruity cacao that I've had. That's an interesting point. Uh, I wonder if it's the redness. Ooh, interesting. Well, yeah, I, I think that's that white a, beans. I think that's as much as we probably should oh, go yeah. into covering yeah, yeah. white beans. Yeah, We but, can probably do this again. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll get somebody else who specializes in genetics a bit more and yeah, we can yeah. like actually get into batter them like, with questions yeah, and yeah um but the one thing i would leave everyone with is uh the paper done in 2008 by moto mayor where he actually like um or the team actually like separated out these 10 different genetics please read it um because if you um because i feel like trinitario it's, I guess important and Criollo, not to get lost in what the three genetics yeah. that people yeah. think yeah um, make up the chocolate world. Yeah, yeah. Carson's also telling me to speak quieter because I get excited. No, I'm saying we can link it below. Oh, we can link it. Be- oh, it's linked below. But I'm still just as loud as I was before. <laughs> well, on that loud and happy note, <laughs> this has been another episode of Craft Chocolate TV. Thank you for watching us. This has been super fun. I always love chatting with you, Dylan. And uh, yeah, comment below and tell us what you think. We're gonna do this again soon.